won't say die, we won't give in. We're number one, we'll hold the line. We won't step back, we'll just attack time after time. We're lightning fast, we'll drive like rain. We won't be beat, we won't retreat, ice in our veins. We are the storm from Melbourne town, we'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. G'day guys, welcome to the Melbourne Storm NRL Fantasy Preview for 2023. Now the Melbourne Storm finished in fifth place in the regular season before bowing out in week one at home to the Raiders. Now joining me to discuss the fantasy fortunes of the Storm, we've got Kyle on the line. G'day Kyle. Hey TK, how are you bro? Good man, backing up from the Raiders potty, straight into the Storm one, looking forward to this one. But mate, they've had a little bit of a turnover here with pretty much the Dolphins raiding their forward pack. What's your <laughs> thoughts kind of on the outlook for the Storm for this year? Yeah, man, they uh, they lost a few decent forwards, eh? But um, I think um, Ryan Pappenhauer's now he's back at back in Australia. Doesn't look like he's going to be starting for at least the first three rounds with uh, looking like Nick Meany going back in there. Mm. Um, but I think if they can get him back and he can and he can fire up quickly and get back to sort of that form we all know he can, um, and with that spine, there's a chance they they can do pretty well. I can't see them winning the premiership this year. Uh, because of that and because of who they've lost and the talent that they've lost, but I'm definitely not going to rule it out. Um, they did lose those forwards, but remember they did gain one in Christian Welsh, who's a seasoned vet, and I think um, he's going to add a huge bit of experience back into that pack, along with Tarek Sims from the Dragons there. Um, uh, also, they've also got, uh, you know, they, they recruited in Tarek Sims, Ali Katoa, um, so there's a couple of good guys here, and they've also got uh, Joe Chan over from from the Catalans, I think it was. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some massive raps on him, and he made an immediate impression in Super League. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he transitions over to to the NRL. Um, but then you chuck in the mix, Craig Bellamy, and and you know, season after season, we just see him get the best out of his team. Obviously, last year he would have been utterly disappointed how they went. Um, but I think that their draw isn't actually too bad as well. Um, two of their buys come the week before Origin, so it actually looks really good for their Origin stars um, getting a few more games in than, than, than a few of the other teams. Yeah, now just going officially on those gains and losses, 2023 gains, Eli Katoa and Aaron Penne from the Warriors, Tarek Sims from the Dragons, Joe Chan from the Catlins. Losses, Felice Kafusi, Jer- uh, Jesse Bromwich and Kenny Bromwich all go to the Dolphins. Now Brandon Smith goes to the Roosters, David Nofaluma, lone return to the Tigers and then Cooper Johns, he goes over to Manly. Because I just think last year, I think they severely underestimated two things, well, Leadership of losing Dal Finucane, and then obviously the talent of Nico Hines, because Nico covered so many positions from the year before that their spine was able to literally rotate around, except for the nine, where they had Brandon Smith as well. But they lose, on top of that, like I know they've recruited relatively well, but they lose some really good players here. Oh, yeah, definitely guys with experience. The Bromwich brothers and Felice Kafusi, man, that's it's a, uh, three massive losses, you know, like a lot of experience in, the, in that pack. Um, and as you said, Nico Hines, just that diversity and can play anywhere, you know, obviously apart from the nine. But as you said, you saw him slot straight in. But you sort mm. of saw last year they didn't kind of have those players like Nico Hines that could just slot in. You know, a lot of young players, Cooper Johns and Tyron Wishart, not really NRL experienced players. So you sort of saw them fall down a little bit there um, uh, in that in that regard. But then also, 
with uh, with Jerome Hughes and just just being having a lot of really niggly injuries. And I don't think he was probably at the, at his best. And then with Ryan Pappenhausen also getting injured, they were just in in, in real trouble. They're very similar to to the Roosters in past seasons, but they still sort of managed to finish fifth. Obviously, not their best year, but. They they did a right for for what for what they uh, had happened to them during the year. I thought. Yeah, they're, they're sticking on that philosophy of just having that great spine, right? So if the spine stays yep. healthy, they should still be in the hunt, as you said. You know, they had such a rot, rotten run of just injuries, and they still finished fifth. So they'll still well be in the mix. But let's rip into some player analysis here, Kyle. How good is this bloke? How good is this bloke? There's two of them. Cameron Munster. We'll start with him. Eight hundred and eighty-six k break even to sixty-one. I got him in probably with about seven rounds to go last year. Perfect timing. He went on that run. You know, sometimes injuries happen, and that's what happened again with Puppy going down and then him doing that kind of hybrid role between 5'8 and fullback, which was great, and he might even start there in round one. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they run that hybrid role. I think um, I think they'll probably run uh, Meany uh, at 5'8 and attack and, and Munster at uh, fullback and defence, and then they'll swap it around. Um, I think... They, he looked real good there. You know, he almost replicated that game that Nico Hines played against the Warriors where he scored that 100 and bloody 50 or whatever it was. <laughs> he looked very similar and, man, he was real dangerous. And, I, you know, they might as well, they might as well run that again because, you know, no point in fixing something that isn't broken really. And I think they could be pretty dangerous um, uh, running that hybrid role again this season. Yeah, now he's settled off the field, you know, baby, his contract done. You know, is he seriously going to challenge? Because he's not that far away from a Nico Hines and Cleary. And you consider that he doesn't kick the ball anywhere near as much as Nico or Cleary, and he doesn't goal kick. Well, he well he backs up goal kick, but he doesn't regularly goal kick, and not to the level of Nico or Cleary. So you've got to think if you took the, the kicking out of Nico and Cleary's, you know, scoring, Cam Munster's actually a better player. Yeah, his attacks. I th- I think he's a way more aggressive player than Hines and Cleary. Cleary and Hines are safe, yes, but Munster's got that X factor. He's just dangerous. He he's got an awesome running game, far mm. better than I feel Cleary and and uh, and um, Hines. Uh, and he's got that really good spine around him that I don't think the Panthers or the Sharks have. Yeah, it's just one of those guys that where are you, where are you projecting him and. You know what? If you went Cam Murray, I know a lot of people are considering the Cam Murray route because he's got the extra game on both Nico and Cleary. Melbourne do have a buy, but if you're going down the route of a Cam Murray, I think you need to back him up with a Cam Munster there in the halves. Yeah, not a bad shout, eh? Um, both, you know, solid, solid uh, runners, both solid players. I've projected Cam Munster fifty-nine to sixty-one. You know, uh, we go and we think about, you know. Do we think he's a good, uh, good round one pick, or, or as you mentioned, is there a timing to pick him up? You know, I don't think there's a there's a reason why you there's no reason why you can't choose him for round one if you wanted a pot. I think last time I checked earlier today, I think he's about at seven point eight percent picked. Yep. Um, you know, given the storm season draw and their buy schedule, he actually could be really juicy. And as you said, he he only misses he effectively only misses round nine, sixteen, and nineteen. Um, but I just don't think if you don't start with him round one, I think you might as well just wait right through until that round nineteen after Origin. Another guy, Harry Grant here, Kyle, eight hundred and fifty-seven k, very similar in price, break even of fifty-nine as well. Look, he's probably going to start for my mind as the guy that's probably going to take the crown as a hooker. I think a lot of demerits last year that I think he can improve on. And What's your thoughts on this? Because I've seen plenty of people have him in there for round one. I'm not sure if I want to take him from round one, but I think at some stage he needs to be in my team. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's either him or Cook, eh? You know, they're only a few points difference. Um, it was a real good discussion around Damien Cook that you had with uh, with uh, the professor in the South's preview, and he said he was actually looking forward to listening to whoever was doing the Storm Pod and talking about Harry Grant. So, um, you know, as you said, he's always had those negatives in him. Missed tackles in 2023, mm. uh, 2021, 2.6, and 2022, 3.5. And I had a look back at Damien Cook and his missed tackles are way less, you know, 1.7, 1.9 and and, and 1.4. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really see that changing too much with Harry Grant and his, not just his missed tackles, but his negatives. But then when you take into account his attacking upside and his base, those errors, they kind of cancelled themselves out. But if he can improve on those, that's where that better average will come. Um and you sort of talked about, will he take the crown as the number one hooker? You know, he's been consistently the number, sorry, the top two hooker for the past three seasons, as we know, if not even more. Yeah. He plays, you know, he's not only in a quality team, but again, a dangerous spine, which I feel is actually better than what the Rabbitohs possess. You know, they've really only got uh, um, Latrell and, and Damian Cook there are still not, I don't think Walker's at his best as he was, and Elias is still, still sort of, you know, up and coming. Um, and then again, when you look um, with the Rabbitohs and, and Cookie in round 13, and, you know, he missing round 13 and 19, also mm. 20 and 26, you know. Um, so round 19 and 20, two rounds in a row not having Cookie, but you have Grant. Could that be the area where you would rather have him than Cookie just for the mere fact that he misses two games? Then again, he misses round 26. Yeah. So Harry Grant effectively is going to play probably a couple more games and. Damien Cook is this year, and Souths do have those couple of good hookers that can back up, whereas this, the Storm really don't have any decent backup hookers. You know, they've got Jaden Nikarima, he's not NRL experience, and they've got Tyron Wishart, who's not a hooker either. So who else is going to play there? I think that Harry Grant's going to have a really heavy workload this year because the Storm are really going to need him, and they're going to want to be better than last year. So I think they're going to really be, be knocking on the door of Harry Grant and saying, hey, mate, you know, we need you to play a lot of minutes this year, and we're going to need you as much as we can, so I don't think he's going to get a lot of rest. Yeah, draw to start, mate. Paramount of Bulldogs, Titans, Tigers, Souths, Roosters, Manly, New Zealand, into the bye. It's not a bad little start there. If you're going to kind of spend money, there's always been that strategy of getting a gun hooker from round one. Given the quality, I've got no problems with doing that. You might lose a little bit from maybe one of your mids, but if you really want to lock in someone like a Harry Grant, yeah, I don't mind this from round one, there, Kyle. Nah, and I, I, I've got. If I grabbed Harry Grant from the start, I'm still considering him. I think if you grab him, you can actually hold him all year. Having those two buys before the, their origin, their first two origin matches, I think it is. He's still going to be pretty relatively fresh. So I think if you pick him up, you hold him all year. Don't let him go. Yeah. You know what I hate about doing these pods? Every time I do a pod, I have to add someone else into my team. And it's just driving me nuts. You just literally, yeah. I'm trying to find money yep. for Harry Grant now, mate. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yep. All right, let's move on uh, to... No, 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 no. Now, Josh King, 502k, break even to 35. Probably did all his damage last year, Cole. Like, it was a really good cashy, especially towards probably around 1 to 13. He did really well before they started getting all the troops back. But really, his role probably doesn't change too much to give him any extra upside, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I, I, I still think he's going to start in the 13, but but I've got a, a thought that if he doesn't start in the 13, he could possibly start in the front row there with um, with Christian Welsh and Nelson, Big Nelson coming off the bench. Mm. I've got him projected at about 35 to 37, but as you said, he's probably priced himself out now. Uh, being that good little slow burn catchy last year, but he was very, very inconsistent. Yeah. Um, you know, career career PPM starting at lock for a starting, or sorry, just starting in the middle was 0.65, which for a mid is, is well below what, what we expect. Yes, he was a good good cashy last year. Um, he's just, he, there's just no upside in him. Um, you know, he, he only really makes his points and tackles and, and, and some run meters, so it's only really base. He doesn't score a lot of tries. He doesn't have a lot of attack and stats. He just plods along, and I think he's just too inconsistent, so just don't even go there. Yeah, just... Quickly, we'll just mention Christian Walsh because he comes back. Now, he's at, I think it's 600 and, let's have a look, 638K. Yeah, he's quite, yeah, yep, yep. It's just a little bit toppy there, right? Because I'm expecting, given the severity of his injury with his Achilles, I think they might manage him early on. So, yeah, yep. I think maybe a post-origin, depending on what price he is, because he's a great offloader and a, he does his work. So, I know that, you know, at his best, he probably can hit a good little 50 there, but it's all kind of about getting that timing right and letting him work into the season. Because I think he's just a little bit overvalued for the start of it. Yeah, he is. He's valued at 45 at the moment. And I think by memory, his career average in the middle was about 41.9, I think. So, yeah, he definitely is overvalued. And I think, as you said, they'll they'll just ease him in to start the season, I feel. I still think he'll start, but I just don't think we're going to see the big minutes he was getting before his injury. Um, I'm not quite aware of how well Achilles he, uh, heal mind the pun, but how, <laughs> what's the sort of, what's the sort of um, rate of re-injury to Achilles um, after a tear and such a major one that he had last season? TK, do you know what those are, mate? We'll have to hit the NRL physio up, but I don't think it's ever yep. great in terms of performance. Things like that and ACLs. I think from memory, I, I remember him doing an analysis on, S- on SJ when he returned ah, mid-season yep. in 2021, and then SJ ended up just, he got ruled out with a season with the hamstring. I think it gives you mm. issues with hamstrings and all sorts of stuff. But yeah. we'll have to get okay. the NRL physio to quote that one because we don't want to get misquoted yeah. on things yeah. we know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> yeah, that'll be an interesting one to, uh, to just just to see, just to, you know, just to, just to find out, eh? Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll do one more play before we go to a quick break. What we'll do a bounce back. Last night took L, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, by the night I count stacks. Knew that ass was real when I hit it, bounce back. All right, Kyle, bounce back time. Your countryman, Jerome Hughes, 678K, break even of 47. Came right back to the pack after that 2021 where he absolutely killed it. He was in all our teams. But what's your thoughts here, mate? Any chance of him rebounding and getting back to that elite status? I I would hope to see it. Um, you know, very down year last year from, you know, 47.4, considering, as you said, 2021, 61.6 average. Mm. Uh, I'm just, for me, just hoping I want to see him just injury-free. He had a lot of niggly injuries last year, last season. Then, you know, into the World Cup, he, he missed a lot of games there just with that niggly bloody calf. Um, and I, it just, I think it just hampered him. And it's not hampered him, not just last year, but I think it's sort of been hanging around the last couple of seasons. So I'm pretty sure in 2021, he had it um, very minor and it wasn't as obviously as bad as what had happened to him last year. But I just think if he can if he can remain injury-free, I think he's going to be better. And, and I just if I think if the Storm can perform better than they, they showed last season, I think... You know, I think uh, we'll see some improvement out of out of Husey. Um He's a confidence player. You know, when he's on, he's on. But I just think when 
he's not playing well and the Storm probably aren't going very well. He just seems to lose his way. But I, I think, funny funny enough, though, I think it's it wouldn't be easy playing next to someone like Cameron Munster, I wouldn't think. Superstar wants the ball in his hand, wants the glory, you know, wants everyone to be talking about him. So I don't think that would be a, an easy feat either. Yeah, definitely, mate. All right. Well, what do you think about kind of like his projection, though? Like, I do see some bounce back in here, man. Like, he's a quality player. Those injuries last year, Hampton, him. Like you mentioned about kind of Cameron Munster taking more of a senior role last year in terms of taking more control with the team. Usually needs to step up. If Remember when Cameron Smith gave him literally the keys to the castle? That was his best year because yep. he took it. Yeah, he did. He did. And then, as I said, I think... Last year, I just think, yeah, I just think those injuries just hampered him a little. And as I said, the storm didn't go well. Um, I was just having a little bit of a dig into his run meters. In 2021, he averaged 104 meters. Mm. Every other year before that, and then last year, he was our run meters last year was only something like about 86, I think it was. So that's telling me there's obviously something wrong, and he's just not running as much as he he probably wants to. And I think that's a, a reflection of that those calf problems that he did have. Um, 2022 almost a point nine of an error. Um, only 13 tackles in 2022. Where other years, it's been five or six more. It's been more up around the 19, 20, 21. Yep. So I just think, um, you know, and last year, I mean, sorry, 2.5 missed tackles in the past three seasons. I think not not that stat, but the other two I just spoke about, I think that just sort of screams injury. He's, he's, he's shying away. He's not running. He's not tackling. He's, he's making errors, you know, um, I think this year, I think we can see him come back. I think he's had a, he sounds like he's had a decent preseason. He would have had a good break back. And hopefully if he's injury free, I think we can see him bounce back. I've gone and projected it at around the 51. I like it. I'm going to definitely keep an eye on him because he did me plenty of favours in 2021. So someone for the back end yep. of the season, definitely consider. All right, we're going to have a yeah, quick, sure. quick break. Now, if you haven't yet, would love a review on Spotify or Apple. Please join the banner on social media, Facebook Talking League Pod, Twitter Talking League One, Instagram Talking League Pod. Now, the Talking League textbook, that's out now. It features a comprehensive guide to NRL fantasy for 2023. We've got 180 pages full of the world's best analysis and dribble. 718 profiles, predicted round one lineups, season schedule analysis and representative player analysis, 391 player profiles with fantasy projections and classic and draft recommendations, Q&A with the champs featuring 2022 champion Will McIntyre, and 2021 champ Shane Hewitt. Now, power rankings for the top 20 per position, our bold prediction for 2023, classic and draft strategy and tips. Now, 20% of profits from the textbook is donated directly to Bowel Cancer Australia. That's the honour, the legacy and contribution of the fantasy community of Steve Nichols, who passed away from bowel cancer a short time ago. So, four bucks straight to Bowel Cancer Australia. Partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in two free pack of rare player cards. They're valued at $9.99 each. So plenty of value there for you. The retail price is $19.95. You can get a free 20-page sample. So just head over to TalkingLeaguePod.com and you'll be able to easily buy or get your sample there. Our friends at Game Day Squad, you can check them out at www.gamedaysquad.com.au. All right, Cole, let's get back into it. Few cashies on our radar here, and a plenty of value considering the players that have actually left the squad. Now, the first one on our lips, Eli Katoa, 448k, break even at 31, comes over from your Warriors, mate. He, in a couple of years ago, when he first burst onto the scene, 
was kind of averaging in that mid-40s, running great lines, kind of has lost his way, but there's ever a place for him to return to form. I think it might be the storm. Yeah, definitely. This is an exact story of Isaiah Papali'i. Didn't get the minutes of the Warriors that he probably should have. Went off to another club mm-hmm. and carved up. I think that we're going to see this something very similar this year with with Ali Katoa. We know his skill level. We know that Bellamy gets the best out of his players. Um, you know, we know how good he can be on an edge. He's only priced at thirty-one, and we spoke about his career average. Uh, we know his career average on an edge um, is, is forty-two, and that's in about the sixty-three minutes. And it's it's around about this. You know, we saw Craig Bellamy play Kofusi and, and Bromwich mainly for about eighty on the edge. I think we see Katoa around the 60 to 70. So I think we're going to see him average around the 42 minutes. But if he up anywhere around the 70-minute mark, he actually averages 47.3. So if anything between 60 and 70, he's pretty going to be pretty safe for around about 40 points. But then also he's got some some really nice value. So I think if he starts, which we know at the Storm at the moment, it's a lottery as to who's going to play where in that back three. Yeah. The two edges and the lock. You have um, to now think, I've got Kyle right edge next to Uzi. Is that probably yeah, where he would right play? Yeah, right edge. Ah, uh, yeah, right edge. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about Sims? Because I've got I've projected Sims and Katara on the edges with King at thirteen. Yeah. Now Sims, where is he? Was a right edge, wasn't he? As well. What's the thing, mate? Like he can play. He's played a little bit of left at Origin level as well. He can play yeah. in the middle, considering he's aging a little bit as well. We're going to talk about Joe Chan in a little bit. And I know that we didn't have Trent Leoro on the list as well, but yeah. I know that you're very high on him. And he, he's a similar price, right? 389k break, even at 27. Done a little bit in the past, but he hasn't really had a huge opportunity because, you know, he's come through that Sunshine Coast system. So he's come out pretty late, considering as well. So he made a great fist of it in the middle. So maybe he's one of those things that, he might his own versatility might hurt him a little bit there, but we're going to get a cheap edge here. That's the that's the big thing. We just have to be. Mm. We've got to find out who it was because Leoro he's <laughs> had four starts at back row. He's averaged forty five from his seventy six minutes, so he's got impressive stuff as well. So we've got to be on yep. the radar for him. The other one we're about to yep. bring up is Joe Chan. Now two hundred and thirty k break even of sixteen. Now he comes over from the Catlins. Now I know his coach Steve McNamara. Steve coached in the NRL at the Roosters for a long time, and his system's over there, and his success rate at the Catlins is very, very high. And I know that he doesn't introduce players just for the sake of it, and he's got a huge rap on Joe Chan, and I know the Storm have got a huge rap, considering that his dad, Alex Chan, played in the mid-2000s and played very successfully for the Storm as well. So a lot of pedigree there, but tell me what you know about Joe Chan. Yeah, obviously, um, son of former Storm player Alex, um, Returns to the Melbourne Storm after a stint in Super League for Catalans. Played 29 games across the two seasons here. Uh, 6'3 and 94 kilos. Uh, coming off a breakthrough season. Uh, found the try line seven of his 19 games um, in, in his Super League appearances for, for Catalans. Um, average at 106 metres, 23 tackles, uh, and 2.6 tackle busts in those games. Noted that was, there was 2.6 missed tackles in there as well. Uh, he's going to be real cheap, but I think uh, he only needs to average 25 points to make any any uh, to make some really good coin. Now, I'm not sure where. As again, I don't know where he's going to fit. Is he going to start, or is he going to be on the bench, or is he not even going to be in the 17? Yep. Who knows until sort of trials and and that first team list and uh, on the Tuesday there. Uh, it's just it's it's a real lottery at the moment. I think we just need to watch trials and just sort of 
see if we can get anything out of those trolls. But we know how the storm just they really they're very close and they don't they don't let out a lot of information. So it's going to be really hard to really confirm who those edges are going to be probably until Teamless Tuesday in round one. Yeah, and we'll add to another one to the list. Jack Howarth, 230k, break even at 16. This kid is on 500 grand, and he's never made his debut yet. Now, yep. I know that the Dolphins threw big money at the Bromwich boys and Kafusi, but if they realistically wanted them to stay, they could have probably matched close to the money, and they would have stayed, because back-end success is still pretty important. And they didn't do it. Now, so one of these guys, you know, Big raps on Joe Chan. Ellie Katawa, you know, is good. Trent Lioro has been ultra impressive. But this guy's on huge money. Like, they can't continuously pay this guy 500 grand to play Q Cup. No, exactly. And the stats for, for Jack Howarth out of Q Cup are, are impressive. Uh, 14 games, um, five at centre and eight in the second row. All of those games, 80 minutes, except for two games in the second row where he played 11 and 16. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you said, they've put massive faith in him. 193 kilo uh, centimeters, 105 kilos, and he's he's not even 20 years old, is he? He's a unit. Um, so I think you know, Queensland under 19s, 2022, 14 appearances in the Q Cup, two tries, three tries, two line breaks, 58 tackles, and averaged 101 meters, 91% tackle efficiency. Now, if they're going to put him in the centres where we know he can play, but he can also play second row, he's probably fairly. As, as tackle of tackling ability and that tackle efficiency I just read out there, he's going to be a pretty safe defender at centre there. And I think fellas like Remus Smith and and those guys are going to they're these centres and Justin Ollum where he's probably probably pretty solid and probably stay there. But guys like Remus Smith probably just have to look over his shoulder um, because they got this big this big chap Jack Howarth breathing down his neck with a lot of talent. Um, Average thirty-seven points across those fourteen games for Sunshine Coast Falcons. So there's the there's the value in him there. Can he bring that to first grade? I think he probably can. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think we just got a black book. Ellie Katoa, Joe Chan, Jack Howarth, and Trent Lioro, <laughs> and we just got to watch yeah. these trials really closely in both games and just try and track as much information as possible. We might end up with potentially two cashies on the edge here, Kyle. For the same team, yes, yeah, yep, 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 and you know what? You probably take both. Yeah, especially at those prices. Like the most expensive mm. will be Eli Katoa at four forty eight. I'm prepared to do that if he starts. Probably the same with Trent Lioro, given his small sample, but his form last year. Joe Chan, yep. I know what he can do in the Super League, so I'm comfortable there. And then Jack Howarth, he's touted as like the number one centre slash second rower that hasn't made his debut yet. So I think you're quite comfortable picking all four, whoever two of them if <laughs> two of them are gonna start. So yeah, you're probably thinking there that if Simsy moves to lock that you're generally going to get two. You're probably going to get two cashies. Yeah, yeah, correct. And, and as and we said, if Alicatora and Lira are the two starters, and then later on down the line they decide to give Jack Howarth or and or Jack uh, Joe Chan a go, they're probably going to be quite a bit cheaper because those other two probably would have uh, would have ripened up, and, and you can probably get rid of them for for one of those two new edges that are probably still going to be fairly cheap. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's go to one guy who's a little bit easier to project here. Now, Remus Smith here, Kyle, 372K, break-even at 26. Missed pretty much the entire, what, two-thirds of the season last year with a pec injury. Didn't return late in the season. Didn't return for the Kiwis in the World Cup either. So talk to me here. He's currently in my team, mate, and we both kind of value him very highly. Yeah, he's he's been sitting in my team all season as well. I haven't moved him. I don't think he's going to uh, move to the wing. 
um, with Remus Smith, Smith going to fullback. I'm, I'm looking at thinking Willie Warbrick's probably going to go in there. But yeah, he's def- there's definitely some value there. Obviously, last year probably wasn't really a reflection of of his talent and, and, and what he does possess in the fantasy world. You run back to 2021, where he did play a full season, played really well and averaged 36.9. Mm. That's where I'm seeing the value, 0.6% try scoring, 0.5 line breaks, 16 tackles, 2.2 tackle busts, 0.4 of an offload, um, and, and, and only 0.7 of an error. Now, playing, if if they do, he will play on, the, on that right centre role, and if he's outside Jerome Hughes and someone like, Ali Katoa or um, Liero, we know they can both, they're both strong ball runners, so you could see Remus Smith getting a bit of ball there and uh, and really really demanding that right centre role. Uh, so I think you, you might see him come back to some really good 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 fantasy stats. I took out, I had a look at Marion Seve because he played a lot of right centre last year with uh, Remus Smith out. Yeah. He actually averaged 38.9 points. Yeah, when they got it back into he's, form. Yeah, for sure. Y- yeah, he's not... I don't really rate Marion Seve. Remus Smith's a far better player. So looking at that, I think they might look at using him quite a bit more and um, down that right, down that right hand side. Mate, if your narrative on Jerome Hughes is right and he does tick up his running game, well, probably the two benefactors is who's going to be on that right edge with him. You can say Remus Smith pretty much is a lock for that right centre, and at the yep. moment you say Eli Katoa. So if you're kind of going down that path and believe the story. You're definitely locking in Katoa and, and Smithy if they both start mm. there. Yep, for sure. And as I said, the, the Storm as a whole, they're a, great, they're a great side. So they'll have some really good plans as to who they want on that right side. But I think, as I said, I think the beneficiaries are going to be the Edge and Rima Smith. Yeah. All right, Kyle, let's leave the cash Trap, trap, city bitch. Trap, trap, city bitch. Trap, trap, city bitch. Trap, trap, city bitch. Trap, 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 city bitch. You know, Kyle, to wrap things up, we're talking about Ryan Trappenhausen, 745k, break even to 51, mate. Last couple of years, between the head knocks and that knee injury he sustained yes, last year with his kneecap, mate, he's put some p- bother on people. I know he apologised to the... Fantasy managers the other day, which was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, but you know he's a great bloke and he's he's got a great Instagram. But that doesn't mean we pick him in fantasy. I just can't go there ever again, Kyle. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we've got to be really, really patient. Don't jump in too quickly because the day you jump in, he probably gets knocked out. So <laughs> we we have to we have to watch him very carefully. As I said, it looks like he ain't going to be back until at least round four, if yeah. not longer. <laughs> I don't know how if he can be fully satisfied that he's fully fit this season. I just, yeah, I just, he's a little bit like Tommy Turbo. Where yeah. do you go? Do you do you pick him up and take a risk for him to be injured the next week, or do you do you, you know do you take a you take somebody else? Yeah. Because I just, I, it, he's he burnt me last year twice. I, I I got rid of him, then brought him back, and then he got KO'd again. So I yeah, I think he's probably down the toilet for me, unfortunately. Um, he is going to lose money. He's priced at 55. He's ain't going to get there in a hurry. Um, so, yeah. you know, he actually could really drop some coin. If he dropped down below maybe the 600, around that maybe that 550, you know, that's almost 200 grand he's going to lose. Uh, if he drops down below 600, he's probably worth a look. Yeah. But it just it just is risk involved no matter what price he is, to be fair, Given that he didn't even start running before he went to Philadelphia and he's only just got back, we're talking, we're recording this on 26th of January. He's just got back and he's saying that he'll play when he's ready, which kind of 
<laughs> shows that he's probably not that confident on his knee at the moment. And so be it. You know, a big guy like Jack Wyden, who outweighs him by, what, 25 kilos, has absolutely mm. snapped his kneecap in all sorts of pieces. I don't blame him for wanting to be slow, considering all the injuries that he's copped over the last few years. But again... At this stage, he's not going to be anywhere near contention for Origin. Might be someone we look at at the back end, but he's going to have to string a whole heap of games together for me to get anywhere near him. And I'd like you said, Cole, I'd prefer him in that 600 range because at the moment, I just think he's way too overpriced at 745k. From memory, I think he's the highest price player in Supercoach too. I think he's close to a million over in that game. So really, yeah, they've they've priced him. Yeah, very very strange. But for me, I think you're in the same boat here, Cole. Massive trap yep. for the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. i got a question for you, mate. Three right. seasons that he's been the Storm number one, how many games has he played? That's an interesting question. I'll say, so you said three seasons? Yep. Oh, can we say 35? 42. Yeah. That's what... Of the possible, what? 60. Probably about 80-odd about games. Yeah, especially when you consider they play yeah. finals. So... Yeah, that's not a great. His durability isn't great, right? And that's yep. probably when you when you're spending seven hundred and forty five k, you think, you know, people have said Teddy's a slow starter, but guess what? Teddy plays every game. Joey Marner is the <laughs> yeah. same. Like Joey Marner's played literally twenty plus games in every season since he's started yep. in first grade. So you may as yep. well just put the coin on something that you probably can get just a little bit more certainty around. Yeah, better than someone that's not playing for sure, mate. Yeah, so I just. Yeah, I, I won't be going there unless he probably drops at least to 150k at least. I think so too. All right, guys, if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Spotify, Apple. Please join the banner on social media, Facebook Talking League Pod, Twitter Talking League One, Instagram Talking League Pod, the Talking League textbook. That is out now, 180 pages, 391 player profiles. Just head over to talkingleaguepod.com to get your copy. 1995, 20% of profits to Bow Cancer Australia. Kyle, another beauty of a podcast there, mate. Looking forward to pretty much getting stuck into the positionals pretty soon, mate. So we'll get you back on for a couple of those before you take over in the normal season. You're you're heading up the Sunday show, so looking forward to seeing you lead that, and then you'll be back with Andy and the boys on the Wednesday. Yeah, me and Az, man, looking forward to it, and uh, looking forward to bringing some of those positional analysis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the Storm Podcast. Plenty of previews if you need to catch up. We'll be doing plenty of live shows. So Monday night we do the live Team Doctor. If you want to be involved in that, just send us a DM or send us an email at info at talkingleaguepod.com. But for now, it is bye for now.